of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Oh, Morgan and for Kenny and JT on 1480 WHBC. I'd sing, hang on, Sloopy, but oh my God, nobody wants to hear that. That's for sure. Happy to be joined from Bucknuts.com by Steve Hellwagon. And Steve may not remember this, but the first time I interviewed Steve was about 115 years ago when I was working at 610 WTVN in Columbus. And Steve, welcome in to the show. The first thing that I want to know, what do we have on the Buckeye health report front in terms of anybody we know will be missing the game tomorrow that we thought may have been playing or vice versa, maybe we thought was on the fringe of being out, but who will play at kickoff? No, it seems like everybody is healthy, except, of course, uh, the running back, Travion Henderson, he's out. He's had surgery on a broken foot, a broken uh, bone in his foot, so uh by and large, it looks like they're healthy. Mayan Williams had been in and out of the lineup at the end of the regular season, the running back, but uh, and he's even had a little bit of uh, stomach illness down here uh, this week and missed a little bit of time, but they are believing he's going to be full go. And also uh, one of the offensive linemen, Matthew Jones, missed the Michigan game due to injury, but uh, he will be back and uh, in the lineup for this game. So, that pretty much covers it. It sounds like they've gotten uh, healthy with the exception of Henderson leading into the bowl game. Steve, when the media days go on as they have down in Atlanta, obviously you're there for that. Were there any nuggets on the Georgia side or on the Buckeye sideline that uh, you actually pulled from that that you may have not known going into the press conferences? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of players, really, on the Ohio State side. And uh, I think that uh, a lot of them were, you know, honest about what happened against Michigan and also understanding that that they did play 11 and a half pretty good games of football and that they are still a pretty good football team. But they know that if they're going to go out and win this game and beat Georgia, they've got to play their best football and they can't make a lot of the same mistakes that they made that cost them so dearly uh, in the in the loss to, to Michigan. So, uh, you know, you can't uh, jump off sides and have false start penalties and personal foul penalties and, and, and just, uh, you know, miss on tackles and blow coverages and all these other things that we saw in the game against Michigan and expect to beat a good team like Georgia. So uh, they know they've got their hands full going into this one. Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts.com, and you can find him on Twitter at Steve Hellwagon, his last name, H-E-L-W-A-G-E-N. Steve, when we talk about Georgia, everybody obviously very familiar with their quarterback. Uh, when you talk about uh, explosive parts of their offense, we've heard about their tight ends. There's a pair of them. How do the Buckeyes try to effectively defend them? Yeah, you bring up a good point because you go back to the Michigan game, Twice the Ohio State safeties were caught staring into the backfield, 
and uh, Michigan got over the top on them once for a 45-yard touchdown by a freshman. In the second time to convert a third and one, uh, the fullback took the snap or took a handoff and threw it like a jump pass over the line of scrimmage to a wide open tight end because the safety had been crept up. So, um, you know, you you got to really watch what what you're doing. I guess suppose for the uh, linebackers and safeties, they've got two guys. Brock Bowers, he's normal size, six three, two thirty. The other guy, Darnell Washington, is projected as a uh, first-round NFL draft pick. So he's going to be a tough one to handle. He's 6'7", 270 pounds. I mean, just imagine that coming at you with the football. So that guy, he's going to be a tough one to handle. So um, Ohio State's linebackers and safeties will have to communicate. They'll have to uh, play assignment sound football and and not be caught uh, out of position and, and allow those guys to exploit some things. Steve, take an opportunity to talk to us about uh, Bucknuts.com. Pretty obvious, I guess, where folks can find it. But uh, what do you guys do in terms of your coverage of the Buckeyes that maybe some of the other folks don't? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm going into my 20th year with Bucknuts, and uh, I think I'm in year 28 covering Ohio State football overall. So, uh, you know, we, myself and Dave Biddle, Patrick Murphy, we bring kind of that veteran perspective of, of being there for years and doing this. And I don't want to say that we're any you know different or better than anybody else. I think that we just do a, a good job with it. And uh, as I said, I mean, I've been with Bucknuts for 20 years. And the, the issue is, you know, new websites kind of come along and people come and go. And we've had that stability. Thank goodness uh, we've had the fan support uh, to follow what we've done with our reporting and, and our work and everything we put into it. Bill Curlick is probably the best guy on Ohio State football recruiting, and he's on our site as well. So, uh, you know, you add it all together, and, uh, you know, we, we've got a pretty good uh, combination of people. So uh, that's that's what we feel sets us apart. We do uh, a morning uh, radio web show every day that's become very popular with people and uh that uh, people tune into and, and uh, you know, a, a webcast, so to speak. And you can even now uh, watch watch the show. So it's kind of cool, you know, with the Zoom calls or whatever, whatever the technology is that we're able to do it that way. But, uh, yeah, that, those are kind of the things I think that really uh, set us apart. Talking Ohio State Buckeye football with Steve Hellwagon. And, Steve, you mentioned uh, the word recruiting. And outside of wins and losses, I think, People have a passion for following, recruiting, and uh, I know part of this is a obvious, duh, thanks, Bill, Captain Obvious type question, but how much has NIL changed recruiting, and can we expect to uh, see that uh, continue to really blow things up and change it in the long run? Yeah, I think it's starting to make a little bit of a difference, I think, in terms of what if if kids are being promised certain amount of uh, dollars just for being on a roster, you know, kind of a guarantee situation, a a collective situation that uh, gathers money and provides it to uh, all the players. And again, I am not a part of all those discussions between coaches and players. So it's impossible for me to know exactly what's being conveyed by any school or anybody in particular, including Ohio State. 
I don't know how deep this runs, and, and I think Ohio State's positioned as one of the larger schools with a large alumni base and affluent, uh, you know, alumni base there in Central Ohio that that they should be able to uh, to to be among the the leaders in this type of a uh, thing. And yet, you know, I'm of a mind that there's got to be some kind of uh, reform or control because you don't want a situation where kids are strictly deciding on where they're going to go because of money. You know, it needs to be the best fit for the student athlete and his family uh, with the coaching staff, the university, et cetera. So, you know, I don't want things to, 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 to tilt so much that it has become a bidding war and a free agency situation. And so, uh, you know, that, that that can lead to further ruination of our sport. And it's crazy the different directions that this sport's taken. You're talking about enlarging this playoff. Currently at four teams, there'll be two games tomorrow night. Well, in a couple of years, it's going to go to 12 teams. And uh, then there'll be 11 playoff games. You want to talk about a huge amount of money, obviously involved with broadcasting and, and uh, gate receipts and everything else. Um, you know, they're charging $150 as a minimum for a ticket for this game. Uh, you know, that is uh, a ton of money at $10, $12 million gate, you know, right there off the top just for people attending the game. So plus whatever TV revenue, et cetera. So there is more and more money coming into this sport with each passing day. And the coaches today, Tim May, who's covered uh, the Buckeyes for longer than I have, actually, for the Columbus Dispatch, and Amy, you would remember Bill from your time in Columbus, he uh, asked both the coaches, what is a fair number to share revenue with players who are involved in this playoff going forward? So money and college athletics uh, has always been a, a part of the landscape. It's, it's going to become an even bigger part of it, I think, in the years to come. Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts.com. And, Steve, I don't know if we can ask one more quick question on that. But sure. I guess what is it What is it like in terms of team chemistry when, let's say, uh, the Buckeyes, uh, I shouldn't even say this, but Luke Whippler goes out at center, uh, the backup center comes in. You know, how much money really is the backup center getting, even at a school like Ohio State? And he's snapping the ball to C.J. Stroud, who's getting a big pile of cash. I wonder what that does to the team locker room. Yeah, I think it it can drive a wedge between people. Uh, You know, for one guy who is giving maximum effort, really trying every day in practice, and he's not getting to play, and he looks at maybe a teammate who's a bit of a prima donna who is – receiving, you know, six figures or whatever, dare I say seven figures to play college football beside him, and he's not given the effort, and uh, there can be some resentment. And, uh, you know, it's a big locker room with a hundred different personalities of players. And, you know, I don't know what the minimum going salary is right now for the number 70 or 80 guy on a roster at a college program like Ohio State. I really don't know. I you you hear different things that maybe low five figures is what everybody receives, but uh, you know you just again this is not something that's widely discussed publicly, and I don't you know I think that's in some regards good, but you know in some regards there there ought to be some transparency to what what's going on, and you know like they published the salaries of all the players in MLB and NBA and 
NFL and their salary caps and this, that, uh, the other. I, you know, I, I don't know where this is headed for college football to where we'll start picking up the newspaper and they'll have the the, the salaries of the uh, the college players in there too. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there could be resentment, and it leads to. Uh, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. We're seeing uh, players uh, jump from one school to another now that they have the transfer portal and the ability to be eligible somewhere else immediately. Uh, they they are being bought and, and paid for and sent to another school. So there's just no two ways about it. They're being There's tampering that's being done. Schools are not supposed to contact people who aren't in the portal, but you know it's happening. So, you know, it just, uh, it's a crazy time. And in our sport, Dabo Sweeney, the Clemson coach, maybe this past year said, we're going through a time of unprecedented change, but I think in three or four years, our sport will come out of it on the other side and uh, it will all be better for it. So let's uh, say a prayer. He's right. Cause uh, this thing's too good for them to ruin. I don't know. Ohio State and Georgia tomorrow night on WHBC talking about the Buckeyes and the Bulldogs with Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts.com. Do we have to see, Steve, the best Buckeye defensive effort in recent memory? I'm not just talking about this season. Definitely would apply to this season. But let's say the last three seasons in order for them to win tomorrow night in Atlanta. Well, Bill, that would definitely help. I think if they if they played their best game that we've seen on defense in a, in a couple of seasons, that would be outstanding. I think that some of the defensive standards at Ohio State did slip the last couple of years, and I don't know that it was anybody's fault. I kind of pinpointed that uh, an offensive minded uh, an offensive minded head coach uh, just found himself in a situation where he was recruiting. Uh, many more offensive players than top defensive players. And I think they've worked really hard to alleviate that when they added JT Tui Maloau and uh, Jack Sawyer in particular, a couple outstanding uh, defensive ends, CJ Hicks and Sonny Styles this past year, who are freshmen, a linebacker and a safety as well, probably get some run next year. So, uh, you know, they're getting the talent level back up where it needs to be on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's what led to, uh, to to some poor performances. And I think against uh, Michigan, we just saw a team that beat itself. I mean, again, poor angling on the tackles, uh, blown coverages on the one deep ball down the middle, just got beat by a wide receiver deep and uh, twisted and turned around, and the, the safety just wasn't, you know, even in the picture. When I mean, anybody can, can hit on a 70-yard pass if you're not going to cover the guy. So, uh, you know, that, those are the mistakes that you can't have. You don't have to play a perfect game, Bill. I think that they've got to play a clean game, if that makes sense, to where you don't beat yourself and your assignment sound. They had a play or two where they give up a pass interference penalty once in the end zone uh, when the safety panicked and grabbed the defender because, you know, he lost vision of the ball, lost vision of the defender. You can't do that. you got to play your fundamentals perfectly and uh and and play the play properly and 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 give your team the best chance to win so we'll we'll see if they can do that steve hellwagon from bucknuts.com and uh, steve as we close out our conversation uh, just a little bit more than 24 hours away from kickoff as close as you are to the team the program how do you break down the kind of job the first year defensive coordinator jim knowles has done in his time at columbus you know, I think it's been really good. Uh, I know the last game 
did not seem like it. I completely disagreed with his call. It was uh, middle of the second quarter. It was 10-3. to 3. And uh, by all rights, at that point, it should have been 17-3 to 3 or even 21-3 to 3 because Ohio State had gotten down to the 15-yard line and gotten into Michigan territory prior to that. And uh, they had, obviously, the one touchdown early on the first drive and then had a field goal and lost the ball on downs. I think uh, on the other. So, uh, you know, they, they, they needed to cash in those opportunities on offense and maybe it's been a different game, but it's, it's third and nine. Michigan's got the ball on their own 25 yard line. It's middle of the second quarter and he brought an all out blitz and left Cameron Brown alone on an Island out there. And uh, the quarterback McCarthy under heavy pressure, got the ball out and Brown missed on the tackle, and the receiver Johnson was gone down the sideline for a 70-plus yard touchdown. Instead, as I said, of being up 17-3 to and getting the ball back at the least, or you know, even 21-3, to it's now 10-10 to in the middle of the second quarter. You've dominated for 20 minutes, and uh, you know, the score's tied, and, and that's where football games are lost. You know, people look at the fourth quarter, but you know, Ohio State should have had to, you know, a two two touchdown lead in that game uh, going toward the half. So I uh, didn't like that call from Jim Knowles long way around the bend, but the improvement has been dramatic any way you want to measure it. Otherwise throughout the course of the season, a lot of that had to do with a lot of the guys who suffered and struggled last year with Kerry Combs as the coordinator uh, the year before uh, had gotten a year older, year bigger, year stronger, faster, smarter, all that stuff that really helps. But, uh, you know, I think the scheme, by and large, was pretty good. Um, you know, I think that uh, he's he's got to have a good game here. Uh, he's got to call a good game against Georgia, and uh, they got to go out and execute it. That's what it's going to take. And, uh, you know, I'm eager to see, you know, where, where year two, year three take them defensively as they upgrade the talent level on that side of the ball. And, uh, you know, certainly with this game, they're going to be tested. Bennett is a very – Heady, smart quarterback, maybe a little bit like Mac Jones, who who riddled the Buckeyes two years ago in the national championship game. Uh, Bennett's a tough kid. He'll uh, he'll break, uh, contain, and make plays. Uh, he had probably his play of the year was against Tennessee. The ball was at the 13-yard line, and uh, Tennessee blitzed him up the middle. He made the guy miss, and then rolled around the outside made a guy miss at the five-yard line and dove at the pylon, got the touchdown, and they ended up beating Tennessee by two touchdowns in the game of the year. So uh, he's a guy, he's a winner. So the Buckeyes got their hands full. Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts.com. I know Kenny and JT always appreciate it. I do as well. We'll look forward to your coverage of the big game coming up tomorrow night. All right, Bill. Happy New Year to you and all the listeners and uh, to Brian as well. And, uh, Really appreciative of the chance to come on uh, there in Canton every uh, every week during the season and talk some football. There's no no place in the world more football crazy than uh, right there in Canton and Akron. So I'm uh, I'm so glad it's got family in New Philly as well. So so glad to to, to come on and, and wish everybody there a happy New Year as well.